Hey, it's the franchise. Bonus episode. Ah, uh, he's so excited. Mystery of the blues. <laughs> Mystery of the blues. It's me again, Tyler Dennering. And I'm Connery Hansen, jamming right next to him on the smooth saxophone. <laughs> He's right next to me. Quarantine be damned. Yes, He's got his I'm silver in... soprano sax. I've stolen a D soprano sax, and I'm screeching it right in his ears, playing Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. Telling a native man that this saxophone is as valuable as his ancient artifact. <laughs> as Jesus. he sits next to him in his winter cabin. Yeah. God um, damn. Um, if you don't get the context for that, it's because you haven't seen uh, The Mystery of the Blues. And frankly, why ha- Why would you? Why would you have? <laughs> I, was about, I, was, I was getting to that. <laughs> There's no reason I think anybody needs to see this. Uh, but maybe you've seen it at some point in your childhood on like a VHS tape or something because mm. it had a big collection of these. Uh, you know, from I think it came out in like the late ninety, like ninety nine, the VHS yeah. collection. But mm. the original TV series is from like ninety three, ninety four, and it's the Indiana Jones TV show. Yeah, if you were ever really curious, I wonder what kind of person Indiana Jones was in college. He was really lame and in, like super into jazz. <laughs> I mean, not lame because he's into jazz, but he's just like a big a big goober. Yeah. He's both lame, but he likes jazz. And it kind of somehow makes him lamer. I thought this would be a good episode to uh, focus our bonus episode on, just because this is the only outside of movies cameo that Harrison Ford has as Indiana Jones, as far as yeah. I know, unless it's like some like parody film, but I doubt he'd even do that. <laughs> yeah, look, it was either this or Howard the Duck. Yeah, it was between <laughs> this and Howard the Duck, and like this is slightly more adjacent to indiana jones yes um but yeah it turns out harrison ford's in it for about four minutes tops out of an hour and a half as long as he could stomach yeah, to be in I, it. I guess apparently he wanted them to film because he had a he had a home in jackson hole wyoming and that's where like his parts take place he's like mm, just i'll do it if you build it like right next to my house so <laughs> i hate that <laughs> Like, hey, good on him. Like, it makes me, like, like that'd be really great to be a movie star. You just do stuff like that. Do you have to pay? It's like, pay me and also come to work, come to my house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pay me a bunch of money. I'll do yeah. all the work for, like, because he was, like, filming The Fugitive at the time, too. And so oh, he wow. just has a beard from The Fugitive in this movie. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, this movie's such a travesty. Are, are we just going to dive right into this, Tyler, or do you want to ke- do a little friend catch-up before we go? Yeah, let's do a little friend catch-up. Sure. It uh, is what have you... April 22nd, 2020. We're more Perfect. than a month into quarantine. Middle-aged white people are riding in the streets. <laughs> I was about to say, <laughs> states are revolting. <laughs> and... Complaining about haircuts. And uh, everyone else is like, uh, let's just wait and you know, we'll be fine and mm-hmm. not get people killed. I don't know, I'm getting pretty warmed up too, but I made some coffee and it's hot now in Los Angeles, so I'm drinking hot coffee in a hot room. And you're bouncing and up and down on an aerobics ball. I am. I'm getting <laughs> my exercise. Good. But how are you? I'm doing good. Um, I watched Serenity today. Ooh, the uh, movie or the movie? Wait, I no, the TV the movie. show or the movie? <laughs> I watched the movie with Matthew McConaughey yes. and Anne Hathaway. <laughs> I only watched like 30 minutes of it. I need to finish it. I know everything that happens, and I've just been meaning to like get through it. 
but we didn't get to anything like super weird yet. Um, full spoilers for Serenity. Yes, full <laughs> spoilers for Serenity, because I do want to talk about Serenity really for like a quick second. <laughs> but that movie's is bonkers, and I actually had a good time. <laughs> it it has yeah. a weird sense of morality by the end of it. I will say that because it gets very like. Oh, <laughs> murder is a-okay in this situation where I'm like, I don't think it's really yeah. ever okay and nor you shouldn't teach anybody that it's okay in like X circumstance. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Doesn't the kid want to like kill the stepdad or something? Yeah, the kid wants, wants to and then does. Like he literally just <laughs> takes out a takes out a Bowie knife and murders his dad and like off screen and then comes back to the game. Like it, it's horrible. And then like That's... the movie tries to justify it really hard. I'm like, that kid still killed a person. Yeah, and he looks like the crazy. stepfather was like abusive or whatever. This sounds yeah. like probably people are like, what the hell are they talking about? I thought this was a movie about Matthew McConaughey on a boat looking for a fish. No, it's not. And He's <laughs> in a video game. <laughs> I need to, uh, I definitely need to watch it because the, the guy, what's his name? Jeremy, not Jer- Jeremy Irons? Jeremy Pippin. Jeremy uh, Pippin? No, I, I just kind of threw out Pippin for some reason, but. I think it is Jeremy Pippin. Oh, hey, look at me. Ha <laughs> ha. He's like the rules guy. He's like, these are the rules of the world. Yeah. And he just like tells them all the rules. So I think I would get a good kick out of that movie. Yeah, he's really fun. The rules guy is probably my favorite character in, in the whole thing. It's cool. It's good. Yeah. Anything yeah. else you've been watching or playing or listening to uh, or I watched cultivating? Uh, cultivating, <laughs> earning, devouring. I, uh, well, that's what was it? I uh, worked a little bit more on uh, this thing that I'm writing, which is fun. I, uh, what else did I? Oh, I've been reading a lot of mango, which is interesting, or manga, I guess, whatever. Mangoes. Uh, yeah, mangoes. I've been reading mangoes and peeling their soft skin and eating them, and <laughs> it's been very reading fun. the very small stickers on, on on the fruit. Dole has a lot of interesting things to say. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, what manga have you been reading? Uh, I more had like seven. Um, no, I I stopped reading Berserk because it got kind of gross for me, but yeah. uh. I have been reading Vagabond, which is very cool. I mean, for the first like half of volume one of this big maxi thing I got of it, um, it was a little boring. My kind of least favorite anime man trope is you is they're mean and you don't like them. And but <laughs> the as time goes, yeah, the protagonist is like a shithead, and so it's just not fun for me really. Where I'm like, I see no redeeming quality in you. Why should I spend time with you? Yeah. and uh but eventually he actually he learns and he grows i'm like well at least he's growing as a person throughout these arcs and then yeah it's been interesting and then i then i started uh reading digitally this one called goodnight pon pon or pun pun is one of that th- something like that the pronunciation yeah I, I feel like you totally would have re- would have like read this or recommended it or maybe uh cameron's probably read it for sure yeah, but probably <laughs> yeah but i was like i'm actually enjoying it. it's very it's very uh uh what's the word like mundane life in japan and uh this character kind of growing up it's I, i'm i'm calling it in my head like good boyhood which is kind of funny to me at least <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> yeah it's not good because they're not in line for the hunger games movies they're in line for the harry potter movies which we haven't covered yet <laughs> no but we will someday but yeah uh, that's pretty much what i've been up to just surviving quarantine i have uh, some dintai fung waiting for me after we're done with this so nice yeah yeah that's right down Never mind. Uh, <laughs> delete this. Don't say it. Don't 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 really relive Tyler. I almost doxed myself. Dintai Fung <laughs> is good. I live in somewhere. Arizona. Um, Phoenix. I live in Arizona, Phoenix, not Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah. 
Yes. Uh, yeah. Well, I need to tell you about this little documentary I watched the other day. And it was like, <gasps> I don't know, just halfway through the day. I was just doing a lot of Photoshop edit stuff. And I had already watched, well, I did watch Bedazzled, which I hadn't seen <laughs> since I was a kid. Like the Brendan Fraser movie. Oh, okay. Um, directed by Harold Ramis and Elizabeth Hurley is in it too, as Satan. Mm-hmm. Oh. And, uh... That movie really does not age very well. It's very, <laughs> very problematic. Uh, and I don't think it really deserves uh, Brendan Fraser's cartoony talents. I love him. And with all respects to Harold Ramis, it's a pretty offensive movie. Did you <laughs> Did you watch Brendan Fraser in that like Getty TV series he was on for a little bit? No, I need to. I he's heard really he was good. good. Yeah, he's really yeah, great. He's, and he's a uh, what's his name robot? What's Mister? Not Mister Robot, but he's in Doom Patrol. As I always forget that. Character. Oh yeah, yeah, he's a he's a robot head or something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I definitely yeah. need to see that too. Mm. But uh, yeah, maybe one day we will talk about Brendan Fraser again. Oh, for the mummy. <laughs> but what I really need to talk about is this documentary I found on Hulu because I, I hadn't even heard of this. I was just scrolling through Hulu and I feel like it's a total Hulu thing. Oh, we're fully sponsored by Hulu, by the way. Oh. But uh, no, we're not. This like Hulu thing where it's like they'll just have like random documentaries on there that I've never heard of, and like mm-hmm. some of them end up being pretty interesting. And this one was called "Who Let the Dogs Out." Can you guess what it's about? The Baja Men. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Good. So I or Good. so I thought. I thought it was about the Baja Men oh. and their hit song, and I'm like, yeah, I like that song. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone did. I was like in the exact mode of like quarantine fever, like not 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 of. <laughs> Not an illness fever, but just mentally, a mental fever of just being inside yes. for like a month and I just get to that like weird Shrek, like Baja Men zone, basically. Yes. And I'm just like, oh, sure, I'll watch this. It's only an hour long. Like, I would watch this for an hour. And it ends up being like um, the director. I think it's the guy who's in, who's like presenting the whole thing. Brent Hodge, at least that's the director. Um, mm-hmm. Might be John Deemer, he's a writer. But anyways, it's him having been obsessed with the song for like a long time and he just one day starts to do a bunch of research on it because he finds like a correction to be made on the wikipedia page for who let the dogs out the song oh and he's like oh they were discovered by kent or something the barber so he's like oh i had to go find out who this person was Mm -hmm. to like get this cited but it ends up being like this huge rabbit hole he goes down this huge rabbit hole of who really wrote the song who let the dogs out Uh oh Because, like, oh, by the way, the Bahaman didn't write it. It was just, like, a song that a company found. And they're like, oh, the Bahaman have to sing this. It's, like, perfect for them. Whoa. So they go back and they go interview these people. And then they're like, well, wait a second. They didn't write this either. And then they go back, like, two years more. And there's, like, all these lawsuits and everything. And uh, this is all, like, through a PowerPoint, too. Like, presentation that the the main guy is doing. The guy that's, like, obsessed with with who let the dogs out. (laughs) (laughs) And it's pretty entertaining like i wish i knew about it because i definitely would have gone to that and he just keeps going and going and going down to like 1985 basically is like the roots of the song to like a high school chant for like because they were (laughs) the the high school football team was like the dogs or something jeez but it's it's just like super uncanny how like all the sounds are the same like they all go like, who let the dogs out? Instead of like, who, who let the who? dogs out? It's just like very slightly different, but they all go like, woof, 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 woof. Jeez. But, that is soul shaking. And and you're still okay and alive after discovering that dark truth. 
Yeah, and it ends up being like just crazy how like the whole thesis of the movie ends up being how humans and art is way more connected than we really even perceive consciously. You know, I like that. It's not like the Baja men are like losers for not writing their own song. I like that thesis a lot more. Yeah, and they interview the Baja men too, and they're just like chilling and they're like having a good time and just like they're just middle aged now and just good. they're just like eating food <laughs> and talking to each other. But um yeah, it's not about like, oh, isn't this funny and like a meme? Like the director it's like very like modern humor that I like a lot where he's just like very obsessed with the thing because I do that too. But he's also just like finds a much deeper meaning to something as trivial as who let the dogs out. <laughs> so I guess you have your movie recommendations, everyone who listens to this. You have yeah. Serenity and Who Let the Dogs Out. Is that what it's called? Yep, Who Let the Dogs Out. I guess I kind of spoiled it a little bit, but it's definitely worth watching. It's only an hour long. It just gets crazier and crazier. It's like it's like making a murderer, but Ooh. less... <laughs> But with music. Less dark and yeah. more beautiful. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so that's about it. So like I said before, I decided to do this one because it's the only one with Harrison Ford in it uh, out of all the episodes of the and TV show. he doesn't want to be in it. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're either played... I don't know. He's He's got a little spark there. <laughs> he's enjoying it. But... Uh, Indiana Jones is played by either, I forget what the kid actor's name is, or Sean Patrick Flannery. Flannery? It's Sean Patrick Flannery the entire time. Yeah. Well, aren't there a couple episodes when he's like really young in the beginning? Not yeah, in this yeah, episode, yeah, in but... the beginning, yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, so he's the one playing young Indy, uh, later to go on to be the guy in the Boondock Saints. <laughs> um, iconic. Quite iconic. It's, it defied a generation. Oh, for sure. A generation but... of middle school men. <laughs> as men in middle school because they just kept flunking yeah <laughs> i do i do need to see boondock saints i don't mean to not get that hard isn't that I a franchise there's multiple boondock saints isn't there that's true i think there's even a third boondock saints where oh, cool. he's been trying to make one well there you go we have that in our uh, little lamp post of boondock saints because i've never seen boondock saints yep we'll get to it <laughs> but anyways, uh, I don't want to do too much of the plot here, but they did film in Wyoming, like I said before, because Harrison Ford's like, oh, just meet me at my house and we'll shoot it in the back, basically. <laughs> so they built some sets back there and did some like car chase with like mm -hmm. these 50s cars. And then he is with uh, Grey Cloud. Um, oh, that was his name? Yeah, his name is Grey Cloud. And uh, the bad guys are after this like artifact, yes. you know, archaeology stuff. Mm -hmm. and he's Grey Cloud's holding on to it, and then they end up in hiding in like a cabin while there's a snowstorm. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know. It's basically just Harrison Ford like driving a car for a bit, doing a stunt, and then they like crash a car, and then they go in the, the cabin. And then they have like one of those holiday cold open things where Harrison Ford says, well, I remember one Christmas <laughs> yeah. when I really learned the meaning of family. <laughs> the meaning of jazz. <laughs> the meaning of jazz. But, uh, yeah, he just pulls out a saxophone and, like, trivializes the archaeological thing that he's going Protecting. After. Yeah. And he's like, now this is a relic. And plays a saxophone, which transitions back to him being, like, 20 in college in Chicago. Just the biggest stooge in the world. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, before we get too much in the story, I will backtrack a little bit just Please. to say... That 
uh, you watched that behind the scenes thing I sent you, right? I did. I watched both. Yeah. So, like George Lucas, his reasoning for making the show, I'm sure, aside from just like wanting to make something else that it's know, very George more, Lucas. It's it's a it, George Lucas move. It's a very George Lucas prequel move. Mm-hmm. And all sure. the dialogue I I sent you like I think in text form earlier today. But I'm like, this all is like prequel dialogue, like all of it, especially the like the clips I saw and like the documentary thing you sent me. I'm like. This is like I could substitute Anakin Skywalker with you on Indiana Jones, and it's memeable. Yeah, it's a, a lot of the crew went on to work on Phantom Menace. Yeah, I, b- I believe it. Like Rick McCallum was a producer on on this show, mm-hmm. and he was like the main producer with the first like the prequel trilogy. Nice. And David Tattersall shot all three, like episode one, two, and three. And oh wow! He was the DP on this episode, he shot like a lot of the episodes. Hmm. So. Neat. It's like a fifteen-year working relationship with everybody, so that's really nice. Really, I like that. Yeah, it is. It's like mm-hmm. feels like George Lucas is definitely like that kind of filmmaker where it's like he'll keep people around for a long time if he works well with them. Mm-hmm. Like Clint Eastwood has the same like entire crew basically, or so mm-hmm. they say. Like for the past fifteen years or so, like he just tries to keep the same people going, oh, that's working nice. on his movies with him because it's just like shorthand and it makes things easier. Yeah, um, that's cool. Yeah, so that's just a little behind the scenes. But uh, yeah, George Lucas said he wanted to make this show because while they were creating Indiana Jones, the character and you know the sequels for that for the for Raiders of the Lost Ark, Spielberg and I guess Frank Marshall, like the producer, kept asking him like, "Oh, but like, what kind of childhood does the character like this have? Like, what is what what is his upbringing? Like, what were his adventures before this?" Yeah, and, and like, then. Well, he was very huh. young and naive, and then he got really world-weary and angry. <laughs> yeah. So, he comes up with the whole prequel show, much like the things that people don't like about Solo, the movie. They could just <laughs> easily complain about this, but I guess it's just, like, forgotten about. And I don't think the concept in itself is, like, bad. Like, I might still watch some of these episodes. Some of them um, look compelling. Like, some, like yeah. the World War One. Well, I was kind of interested in, and I was like, that looks cool, okay. It looks like they did do like a lot of work for a TV show in the mid ninety, early to mid nineties. Mm-hmm. Like it's shot in four three. I'm assuming like on sixteen millimeter, but um, basically it does look like a high production value for that time. Yeah, he was ex- um, George Lucas was experimenting with like some of the CGI effects for like, that he later used in the prequel trilogy with like just like multi- big crowds and stuff. Is what he was saying. Yeah, and it says they shot on location as much as they could. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's cool. It's a lot of that stuff. Um, you know, you could just build sets and it look a lot cheaper. So, um, you know, it's nice to have a TV show with ILM at your back and <laughs> and all that. But yeah, uh, is there anything about else about the pre-production that you have to say? Uh, there was the writers' room, but they didn't really say too much about it. No, they didn't really vocalize that much about the dialogue, and I could see why. I thought it was really funny during the interview with uh, what's the ma- what's the main actor's name? Sean something or other. Sean Patrick Flannery. Sean Patrick Flannery. I like when he's like, oh, I had my first girlfriend on the show. I'm like, oh, that's sweet. He's like, and then I dated this person, and then I dated this person. (laughs) I'm like, oh, so you kind of like, you just like, whatever indie girl they brought you for that season, you dated them. That's fun. Oh, I... Did he... Is that what he meant? I thought he meant Indiana Jones's first girlfriend. No, he was talking about himself. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, the first uh, woman he's talking about is Elizabeth Hurley from Bedazzled. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? And he talked about Catherine Zeta-Jones, too, which is fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. I don't know. Do you want to talk about the story at all? Is it worth, like, I guess, 
We should talk about it. I'd like to take a big bite out of this, like a crisp apple on a blues Sunday morning. But uh, yeah, hey, one positive just to get it, just to get it going. Please, please. Jeffrey, Jeffrey Wright plays uh, John Bechet. I think his name is. He's a blues musician, like in real mm. life, clarinetist, and he's like the other main character for like half of this. Yeah, and he stops. <laughs> he's done. He's just like not there. But Jeffrey Wright, our dude Beatty from Hunger Games. Oh, that's him. Yeah, same guy. He's oh, just really yeah. young in this. It, it all makes sense now because he looks just like him. I see it now. Yeah. That's it. That's who he is. <laughs> but yeah, rip away, Connery. <laughs> rip away. All right. I have my chainsaw ready. Um, right from the get-go, I mean, I was kind of entertained during the Indiana Jones sequence when he is in the truck in the snow with a uh, gray cloud. Yeah. And and it, it's cool. I'm, I'm like, oh, okay. Like, if it's like intercut between like Harrison Ford and Grey Cloud eluding this like mystery like people hunting them and like this could be really fun and like kind of be like a part flashback part like modern or like not modern but like 1950s Indiana Jones adventure that's really cool right but it really does almost feel like you could tell like the production value is a little bit lower just because it's on TV <laughs> yeah it's, it definitely looks like it's a TV show mm-hmm. but other than that like he does a pretty convincing job of just like, oh yeah, if there was a show with Harrison Ford, like I would watch every single episode. Yeah, no hell problem. yeah. Um, and then we immediately cut to like, like Kyler kept bringing up with the Gray Cloud being like, oh, like thank you for safe for like helping me protect the pipe of my people. It's like an ancient relic. And then Deanna Jones pulls out his his soprano sack and says, oh, this is a real relic. <laughs> like, why do you have it? What is this? Did you bring it along in all your adventures? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I couldn't tell if he brought it or if that was his cabin that he, <laughs> he like, left his saxophone there at some point. Yeah, it was just, like, so he just, like, pulls it out, like, and this is my saxophone. I'm like, okay, yeah, sure, I'll believe it. And then he starts playing some sick tunes. Yeah. And uh, we, we go to a club, and it's... It's just the entire time is just so bad. I, I I don't I don't even know where to begin. It's just <laughs> try to condense it in a way where this episode's only t- yeah. the tops fifty minutes long. <laughs> okay, sure, yeah. So we're just gonna go through this. I love Indy's idiot nerd friend. He's probably my favorite character in this entire show. Oh yeah, who I guess is supposed to be Elliot Ness. Who yeah, who is like the one that goes after Al Capone, like in real life. Oh oh oh, because he wants to work. He wants to work for the IRS, and he, he's an accountant. That's okay. Okay, history. Yeah, it makes more sense now. I had to look it up. Yeah, okay, that makes um, sense. You know, he's played by Kevin Costner in the movie The Untouchables. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that it makes more sense why Al Capone shows up, because I was like, why the hell is Al Capone here at the end of this episode? Al Brown. Al Brown. Al Capone? <laughs> it's like Played by Nick Turturro, who is John Turturro's brother. <laughs> but, yeah, um, Indy makes his friend go out with him and even though he really doesn't want he calls him like an old fuddy-duddy or something like that and it really gets Elliot's heckles up and so he goes out with him they go to a jazz bar and it doesn't go well Elliot I guess throws a big fit when his handkerchief gets stolen and he ends up embarrassing Indiana Jones in front of all his jazz idols Uh, oh yeah yeah yeah. his character is just like so (laughs) he's just the biggest like there are three possible love interests throughout this movie. There is the singer. What's her name? Uh, what's what's the jazz lady singer's name? I don't know. There's okay. Uh, are they even like love interests? They're just kind of like everyone's they, just like around. They semi flirt with him for like a little bit, and I'm like, oh, this is gonna be the love interest, and then I'm like, oh, this is gonna be love interest because there's like there's the jazz singer, there's the racist uppity prep girl, and then there's the other girl who like is kind of encouraging to him when he's like when he wants to play jazz for like a 
15 seconds. She's like, I thought that was really cool. And I'm like, oh, no, like, it's going to be her. She's going to be on the adventures with them. No. Oh, yeah. That's the only line she has. <laughs> yeah. And then also just randomly, Jane Krakowski is in this as uh, Indy's restaurant boss's new wife. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. cool. It's nice to see her in something like <laughs> It was fun to see ago, her because I mainly just know her from Thirty Rock. Yeah, I know. I was, I was like, "That's Jenna Malone." <laughs> Jenna Malone. That that's what that's her character name in Thirty Rock, right? It's Jenna something. Jenna Malone is from Hunger Games. Remember? Ah. Oh shoot! Wow, did it? Did all that leave my memory so quick? Oh, Hunger that's Games! Okay. You fleeting beauty, you. <laughs> she plays Joanna. Jenna Malone does. Oh, fun. Okay, that's what it is. Yes. But, uh, yeah, it's just, it's a lot of just, Indiana Jones wants to play jazz really, really, really bad, and he's a waiter at a jazz bar, and... It's at the point where he's just like, dude, like, chill out. Like, he's so into it. It's it's annoying how into it he is. Jenna Maroney, that's why... Jenna Maroney, thank so you. It's because it's, Maroney. like, just like it. Jenna yeah. Maloney. <laughs> Jenna Maloney baloney. Uh, but, yeah, most of this episode is just, like... I don't even know if like problematic is the right word, but it's just the whole movie or the whole episode is just Indy being like, oh, I just really want to play the jazz. And then Jeffrey Wright's like, you don't have anything to really like play for because you've never really experienced any like hard hardship, <laughs> hardship in your life. I'm like, yeah, that's true. Like, where is this episode going? And then the episode just veers off into weird directions. And it's like, <laughs> it just feels really incohesive and i guess a lot of the episodes were like edited together into mm -hmm. movies and but, this is what one of that is but this was like not one of those i think this was just like one long episode because harrison ford was in it so oh my god because it, it was so incoherent even even so like i just there's so many different things happening there's like for an hour indy is like all about jazz 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 he gets with a uh, sydney is the name of the character that bd plays in this yeah. He, yeah. No, uh, I don't know. Whatever. I'm going to say, say Jeffrey Wright. Jeffrey Wright. So Jeffrey Wright is like the, is like his Indy's jazz idol. He wants to be like just like him. He's so cool. And for a long time, he's like, oh, just rehearse. Just play Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. Play jazz things over. He even has like an opportunity to like go up and play with a band, and he sucks, and he's horrible because he's terrible. And, and he's just the biggest nerd you'll ever meet in your life. And... Oh, yeah, and so it's just an hour of just indie learning how to play jazz, eventually playing with the jazz band, and then it just stops. And there's a because there's a murder we have to investigate. Yeah, I just want to say when he takes his really dorky friend Elliot Ness to go see jazz, the first like one of the first things he says to after Elliot Ness like makes a big deal about it being gin instead of water, it's like my uncle's in the DA, we're gonna get in trouble, and Indy is just like listen to that syncopation to like the music <laughs> just like what, what like this is just like such like an outsider perspective on like an art form which is he, like he is uh he's what's his name he's he's a la la land man yeah he definitely is explaining jazz to the people that definitely already know about jazz but yeah. it's like he's doing it to the audience and it's just mm -hmm. like what what but and then <laughs> i forget what the what Elliot says, but later on he's just like, Elliot, it's jazz. Like, and he just is like very excited. Yeah, he's like, Come on, it's jazz. It's so cool. It's smooth. It doesn't have to make sense. <laughs> just like. But, but then Elliot leaves and 
yeah, he's, like, leaving the club, and then he accidentally bonks into this, like, bigger guy, and then <laughs> he's like, oh, pardon me, and then the big guy's like, whatever, and just, like, knocks him over, and it's funny. Yeah. And then they toss his hat around, and it's, it's, they bully him for a little bit, and it's funny, and yeah, it, it, this whole romp is so pathetic to me in a lot of different ways, where Indy just seems like a lame little nerd who wants to play jazz really bad, and I don't know, he's definitely not Harrison Ford. <laughs> Yeah, that's another thing it felt like, too. It felt very prequely in that way, where it's, like, people complain about Solo, like I said, but it's like, at least he feels kind of like Han Solo sometimes mm-hmm. in that movie, but in this, it's just like, okay, like, yeah, this just isn't very Indiana Jones at all. It's just showing this kid who becomes Indiana Jones. He has no edge to him whatsoever. He's literally just, like, a round, soft, fleshy ball to, like, push against and be like, okay, you're not really going to fight back or do much i he, he just seemed like a total goober to me i was, I was just I'm like you do not grow up to be harrison ford you lived through world war one and you're still like this yeah <laughs> i know when they do talk about world war one and then they just very casually talk about killing yeah. people in front of a whole family including uh, children i feel like i thought it would be such an appropriate question of like how many people did you kill he, he would totally be like i don't want to talk about that <laughs> i don't want to remember that but he's like, oh, I killed a bunch of people. Yeah, and like, there's like a child right next to you. Like, I, I first of all, I don't think people definitely did not talk about that stuff back then. Mm-hmm. And then on top of it, it's just like so abrupt. I'm like, uh, good lord. It's like supposed to show him and the other guy bonding, basically. Yeah, but. and they bond over war. And, and it, it, it just so shocks me. Indy comes back and he's just so chipper and like, I sure do like jazz. Yeah, and I totally forgot that... Like, it does give you something to think about, because it's like, oh, yeah, maybe, like, I think in this timeline, he was in the Belgian army and like, when he was, like, 15. Oh, wow. But it also just does make you think about World War One in general. It's like, yeah, you know, I guess a lot of people probably did experience, like, the entire war and then were 20 when it was over. Mm-hmm. So that's where Indy's at, but he just does, he's definitely not, like... Emotionally, he went, he went to... A prep high emotionally feels like he went to like a private elementary school. He went to a prep high school, and now he's in like a fancy college, and that is it about his life. Yeah, it's like you know he probably could play. He probably could f- play a little blues after just shooting a bunch of people in the war. I know, right? Especially when he's like, "Well, what do you have to like draw from?" And I'm like, "World War One, <laughs> the horrors you faced in the trench, seeing men die, friends, brothers, like." You can draw from that, indeed. No, I guess play Twinkle Little Star over and over again. It, it's fine, whatever. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm just still trying to decipher what the intention of this whole thing was, other than just to explore, like, the jazz age of the early 20s or whatever. It's like, Part of me feels like that's it, almost. Because like, the rest of it just set it there. feels pretty appropriate, and it's like some of it's for Indy to learn things, but it's like it's not like he was ever... He doesn't have to grow. He's not a racist. He's not like right. a bad person throughout it. He doesn't have any preconceived notions. He's like literally this white knight that's like, no, I always liked you guys. Like, no, it's I'm a okay. He's okay. Hey, Indy's an okay guy. Let him through. Yeah. And if anything, it just highlighted how few people of color are in the Indiana Jones movies. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> it's like, oh, in hindsight. What the hell? Like, Crystal Skull came out after this, and, like, the whole core group that goes with him, like, you know, I guess it's, like, a family dynamic, but it's, like, even, like, uh, John Hurt, like, they could have cast a person of color, just anybody, (laughs) for the love of God, but 
Um, yeah. Could have had short know. round in it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, he goes to the college party that, like, Elliot Ness is all super psyched about. It's like, <laughs> we won the scrimmage! Yeah! yeah. <laughs> and, oh, to be fair, though, like, Elliot Ness is, like, a big, just, like, weenie. Oh, yeah. He's a big wiener. He, Indiana Jones, like, sheer gooberness is outweighed by how much of a total loser Elliot is the entire time. Yeah. To be fair, though, like... I would be annoyed if Indiana Jones just came in at like 4 a.m., like slammed his door and like left his socks all over my mm-hmm. bed and like. And you're going to school, like open. you're there to learn. <laughs> yeah, it's like, dude, like. So it was kind of funny, like annoying, annoying dorm mate vibes. Yeah, it's it's but, like if uh, like when we lived together, like if I came into our home at 4 a.m., slammed my doors over and over again, and like threw my clothes everywhere and went to bed. Yeah. It's like that's valid. But uh, yeah. the guy who does play Elliot Ness, he is the... Did you see Black Klansman? I did see Black Klansman. Yeah, he's like the cop that's like really racist and ends up getting fired because they uh. put him in a sting, which is really funny because <laughs> he goes to that bar or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's that same actor, which is really funny because he's such like a weenie in this and then he's just like got... He's just like kind of an inverse of this where he's just like an aggressive racist man with a mustache mm. who's a cop and like abusing his power, you know? I think Elliot, even this, is kind of racist because he does not like jazz at all. And uh, I think, is he even one of the people who calls it brothel music almost at one point? Probably. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to defend him. He probably is this fictional character from this obscure episode of an Indiana Jones TV show. (laughs) (laughs) But also, he's just like seems like incredibly white in that it's just like classical music. This is nothing like. Chopin or something. Or it's like, Bach. Oh I'm like, yeah, what it's the like, oh are you God. talking about, you crazy person? <laughs> but and then they go to the college party, and then um, Indiana Jones like breaks out his saxophone and like plays a little ditty, and then everyone stops suddenly. It's like, hey, buddy, we don't. This is a respectable place. Yeah, this is a respectable party, Bob. <laughs> and 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 then as he's leaving the party, yeah, that girl's like. You know, that was a nice song or whatever, like this random like mm. white girl there. And then there's a, a like a black waiter who's just serving the party or whatever. Mm. And as Indy's leaving, he's like, that's the best music I ever heard in this house. And it's like, oh, God, like this just <laughs> all of this feels like it's just written like this is just at a time when like, of course, the director's white. All the writers are probably white and they mm. write stuff like this and like directed the scene. And they're all like, yeah, this is totally fine. We're yeah, doing they pat each other on the, the back really hard when they're done. They're like, good job. Good job. I mean, here we are, two white men talking about it. So I know. Like that's it's... why I kind of feel a little shitty about it, too, at the same time. <laughs> I mean, I don't necessarily feel shitty about it, but I'm also just like at least know to like not. I don't know. I guess I would know to not direct the mystery of the blues because it's not really the material that I would should be directing. Yeah, especially because there's no blues involved. It's just jazz. It's, we even get told blues, that it's a different like, genre. Yeah, yeah. So, unfortunately, this episode's more depressing to talk about than entertaining. <laughs> it's not like the starving games where we laughed and we cried and we leapt for joy. It's just. Just an upsetting Indiana Jones experience where there's no treasure, none that I saw. Yeah, it's just a Chicago adventure and just a way to shoehorn in Ernest Hemingway, Ben Hecht, and Elliot Ness, and Al Capone. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we even have that guy from the Chicago Tribune come. Jazz just vanishes in the second half of this movie episode thing. Like, it's just, it's bizarre. Yeah. 
before we move on to the mystery side of mystery side of the oh, mystery of the yes. blues, I just want to point out that Damon Whitaker is the piano player in the jazz band. So not only is uh, John Turturro's brother in it, but Forrest Whitaker's brother is also in this. And I'm just like, what the hell? Like, it's a bunch of people's siblings are in this. <laughs> Ron Howard's episode. siblings there. Because I'm like, that guy looks like maybe a lot like Forrest Whitaker, but he's obviously not Forrest Whitaker. And I'm like, wow, that's just straight up his brother. That's pretty crazy. There's a scene where they're, I think Indiana Jones is letting, the cl- letting in a club where he's not allowed to go into initially. And... One of the one of like the trumpet players comes down, and I, and I thought he was supposed to be Louis Armstrong because he he put he he puts on a Louis Armstrong voice for sure. Yeah, Louis Armstrong's in this. I just didn't really notice when that scene was. Like. Yeah, because I, I I thought that wasn't him because they they call him they call him like a different name, and I'm like I'm like is is that Louis Armstrong? He's doing a Louis Armstrong voice, like yeah. And I'm like, is this just a trumpeter who really likes Louis Armstrong and is just doing a Louis Armstrong voice? It just went over my head is the point I'm making. Yeah. It really just feels like basically like the 80s form of archaeology where it's just like exploring a culture in a uh, kind of insensitive and appropriative way. Mm -hmm. So it's just like we probably watched one of the worst episodes. Oh yeah, probably. Honest. We we could have probably examined one of the better ones, but we really like the sound of the mystery of the blues. So. Yeah, we didn't intentionally go at this to be like, yeah, it's really bad. It's just that this is the one that Harrison Ford wanted to be in, I guess, mm-hmm. or the one that they fit him into. I don't, I don't know why, but yeah, but he was like mystery of the blues. That sounds cool. Some like American treasure, some national treasure, perhaps. <laughs> but uh, no, no, what's the whole mystery like? Oh, his boss gets murdered, and then they have to figure that out, and it's just kind of boring. There's no treasure. It's just dull and dumb. Like, the whole mystery part of this is ridiculous. I have no nice things to say about the mystery half of this, or really any many parts of this. I'm like, it's just weird and boring and awkward. I like the Irish flower shop guy that is also, like, a gangster. He was fun. He said he grew up on the north side. I'm like of Chicago, but then he has like a really thick like Irish accent. I'm like that doesn't make any sense. Well, if he was raised by his parents who were <laughs> Irish, maybe he probably the he accent stuck with... around. Yeah, but then I guess I don't know, I feel like I, he I don't straight up know. says boyos to them. I'm like that's <laughs> he's got to have like grown up in Dublin or something. <laughs> Boyo, he says, he's like I was. It's like I grew up on the north side. I'm like oh, okay, like. <laughs> okay. He was he was fun. I kind of hoped we'd see a little bit more of him because I'm like he's a kind of an interesting antagonist, and he's like, "Nah, get out of my flower shop," and also I'm not going to show up again. Yeah, and then he gets least, some flowers. And I'm like, that's nice. But yeah, well, a couple of carnations, yeah. we are. Well, uh, this whole thing is just you know awkward mid '90s TV. <laughs> yeah, it's just before the golden age of TV, and it definitely <laughs> feels like something that George Lucas made because it feels like. Like he says in the behind the scenes, like, I really like history. I'm like, yeah, me too, George. Um, but it just feels like very much like a 90s perspective on history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not much else to be said, really. Yeah, it's just it was it was an awkward, strange experience. And I it made me not curious to watch the other Indiana Jones TV show things. I will say that. Yeah. After this, I'm like, I definitely don't. But then we watched the behind the scenes thing. And it was just like, mm-hmm. hmm. There's probably some good ones. Probably. I mean, we go through a season, there's probably one or two good episodes. 
Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then at the end, when like the cops are like covering it all up because they go report it, and then Elliot mm-hmm. Ness is like, "You're a cop. Like you shouldn't do this. You need to report it, not cover it up." And then they kick him out. And they destroy the evidence. Yeah. Um, because Indy and Elliot like blow up like the bootlegging. Yeah. Company. Something or like that. But on the way out, they run into Ben Hecht again because he's a journalist. And he's like, I'm going to go move into playwriting. I'll make a real, like, based on a real character, but make it fictional. That way the good guy can still win. I'm like, this is all the dialogue about, like, real people and fictional things that just, like, really bother me. And it's also, I just realized right now, incredibly on the nose because it's what they're doing with the writing in that very moment. Mm-hmm. It's like the big nods, like, do you know who I am? Oh, yeah. oh, I'm going to do the thing I'm famous for. It's like, aren't we clever? But... <laughs> I also, it is just like 90s television, so it's like, I don't want to be such like a jerk about it, because I'm like, I would be stoked if I had it, if I was writing for a show, Oh yeah, you know, but at the same time, it just feels very of its time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's before, it's you got to put your mindset into a whole different Cheers world, is know? ending, the first few episodes of Frasier are coming on, it's a different time <laughs> for television, it's evolving and growing. Between those two shows, it's a transition period. Yes, Friends is happening, I believe, maybe in 1990-something or other. Definitely 1990-something. Yes. It goes Cheers, Frasier, Game of Thrones. Yes. That's the evolution of That's TV. the evolution of television. Breaking Bad is thrown out the window along with Sopranos, because we don't really <laughs> yeah, need that. it's just don't matter at all. <laughs> It goes, Cheers, Frasier, Game of Thrones. And but, uh, I don't really know. Debs, yeah. whatever the hell is on now. At the end of it, they cut back to Harrison Ford and Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. And uh, Great Cloud, played by Saginaw Grant, which I'm sure I've seen him in something else. I just can't name what I've seen him in. Maybe I just know the name. The bad guys break in because... Sorry to interrupt your little weenie party, gentlemen. (laughs) Yeah, they break in, and then Indy punches one of them, and then, like, the main bad guy is just super hammy. He's like, I wouldn't put bullets in my gun, Indy. And then, like, takes the... I was going to say he takes the saxophone, but he takes the artifact from them. (laughs) Could you imagine he confused the saxophone (laughs) with the thing in the end? That'd almost be comical if, like, Indy, like, switched out the case, and then, like, he, and then they're like, oh, the, the, and the, you know, Greg Cloud's like, oh, no, like, they, they got the pipe, what are we gonna do? And Indy's like, you know, and he says, basically that line he says in the end, it's like, some things don't work out your way, and sometimes he opens up the case, and it's the pipe, and then sometimes they do, and then I'd be like, yay! <laughs> that would be better, but instead it's like, you know, some things just don't work the way you want, and then he just blows into the saxophone really loud. <laughs> Like, this isn't a joke. This is what happens in the episode. Mm. And then all the snow just falls on the people. And kills and he, them. And like, stops playing, <laughs> I, I guess. Because they're Might, not moving. Yeah. yeah. And then he just, like, pulls the saxophone down and goes, but sometimes they do. And then he plays the Indiana Jones theme song on the saxophone. He just plays the Star Wars theme. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's what happens. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> he just plays the Star Wars theme and walks he away. He plays the theme to um, Air Force One. <laughs> Whatever that might be. I don't even know. Everyone's like, what's he playing? He has a premonition from the future. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, I, I don't know what to say other than maybe don't track this down and watch it. It just might be a, might be a little bit of a waste of time. 
Yeah, it's it's a bummer because I was stoked to have Harrison Ford again you know, mm-hmm. doing some stuff, and he does he looks good as like an older indie. No, he does. He like, looks good. You know, this came out like five years after Last Crusade, and mm-hmm. he's got like the beard. I'm like, yeah, I would be so down to see it. This and it's like it makes me really wish there was an Indiana Jones movie in like 2002 or something instead mm-hmm. of 2008 because by that point he's 64, I guess, when they filmed Last or sorry Crystal Skull. Yeah, and it's just he's just like a little. It just feels like he's a little too old for everything going on. Mm, a little bit too long in the tooth for it. Yeah, but, you know, you listen to our Crystal Skull episode. Yeah, you you know uh, our opinions and thoughts, and probably a lot more <laughs> than you need to about our feelings about Crystal Skull. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it's fine. But on that note of Crystal Skull, Connor, I think you need to give your rankings of oh, the I... five Indiana Jones movies. Oh, we're counting Mystery of the Blues? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, I guess we counted Starving Games and our Hunger Games thing. Did we? I, you know what? Maybe we didn't. I don't really remember. Don't, in, but, don't include Mystery of the Blues. Yeah. All right. So my rankings include uh, Last Crusade stands as number one for me still. Um, Dang. Uh, followed closely by Raiders, then Temple of Doom, then Crystal Skull, and then, of course, Mystery of the Blues. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, my dude? Uh, for me, it's actually in order of the movies that came out. <laughs> wow. Crystal. Yeah. So Last wow, Crusade. You- Huh? Last Crusade got bumped down by Temple of Doom. Yep. Yeah, Last Crusade used to be my favorite, but mm-hmm. rewatching them all, Raiders of the Lost Ark is my favorite mm-hmm. just because of how good that movie looks and how they just really did so much work in that movie to really set like all the I- ideas of the action and adventure in it and just the visual look of it. It's all established in that movie and mm-hmm. I think looks a little bit better than something like Last Crusade, which is the most in vain of what Indiana Jones originally intended to be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, second favorite is Temple of Doom, just because it's, like, wild. <laughs> and it's just, like, really weird to see that as the second Indiana Jones movie. Mm. But I'm not saying that just for, like, a hot take. I actually do really like, like, the visuals of it. Um, mm. And it is problematic and all but I, that. But I think, I think Tesla won you over with with her very, her very spirited plea to... She Temple of did. Doom. Mm-hmm. It works really well as a movie that horrifies children. And <laughs> I've always loved Short Round anyways. But I really lo- came around on on Willie, the character played by Kate Capshaw. Because I always used to be like, eh, she's annoying. But I really ended up liking her a lot. Yeah, she she might be my favorite funny. indie girl, honestly. Yeah, she's funny. And she's like, yeah, she's not like, she's really f- funny on her own. But it's also really funny because she's, they're not meant to be together. you know. Yeah. And I feel like indie's kind of, they're both trying to kind of force something that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they are not meant for each other. And like they want to just, they want to have sex with each other. I think that's about it. Yeah. So, but yeah, like Cutter said, there is like a lot of just dark energy going on in that movie, but I'm also mm-hmm. just like, yeah, I mean, that's what the movie is. Mm-hmm. So it's not an Indiana Jones movie that you want based off the first one, but I still like it for what it is, mm. <laughs> which is a wild minecart ride. <laughs> Um, and Last Crusade, yeah, I said that. Talk about that too. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's it's very it's very solid. It's good. It does a little, a few too many things that it's just like, oh, we gotta like ramp up the stakes somehow. He actually runs into Hitler instead of just like Nazis this time. Yeah, and stuff like that. But you know, those are minor quibbles. It's still a really good movie. It's not a bad movie at all. No, um, it just happens to be my least favorite of the three of mm. the original trilogy. But then, yeah, Crystal Skull. You know, it's just. Like I said, too little, too late, kind of. <laughs> too little, too late, Indy. But it's 
to trivial that's a little trivializing go listen to the whole episode because <laughs> there are good parts in it there's things i like about it but it's just the most like piecemeal for me yeah it's it's definitely not that fun to me i i mean i watched the movie twice over in hopes that maybe i could get more from it on you know, like a third watch and it just nothing happened i was still like i don't like this one i don't like it yeah but are you excited for indy 5 if that happens I I am interested. We we played the Indy Five possibility game with Cutter last yeah. episode, but I I am I am interested. Like I said, I hope it'd just be more about. I I just don't want really really old Harrison Ford like doing backflips and like being being like awesome. <laughs> like, that's I, all I, I want. That's all you watch is really old Harrison Ford kicking ass. It's just like Count Dooku and Attack of the Clones. I guess so. There, there's like there's. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I know, but like there's a fun element of that at the same time, like. Yeah. Like it's there, and you're like, "Oh, he's solo, but he kicks ass." But I, I just don't know. There's something about Indiana Jones, or my, I don't think he can do the thing, all the things that he does in these other movies when he's like young. Yeah, what I noticed in this, like the four minutes he's in, there's a couple shots of him, and like you still see that glimmer in his eye. Like, mm-hmm. and you know he loves playing Indiana Jones, like more than Han Solo. Like he, there's that whole thing where it's like he wished Han Solo died in Empire Strikes Back and <laughs> yeah. stuff, but. Yeah, he still gives good performances. Like he's still really good in Force Awakens and Rise of Skywalker for like mm-hmm. the minute he's in it. Uh, but you see that little flicker in his eye still in this, like this TV episode. Mm-hmm. But in Crystal Skull, like he's doing the work, but they just it. I metaphorically and literally, I don't. It's hard to see that sparkle in his eye still. Like it mm-hmm. just. I don't know if he's still excited as much about it. Like I, I'm sure he is. It's just hard to con- like to see it. I don't know. So. I think this one will actually end up being better than Crystal Skull. I agree. I, uh, I think if they plan something that's a little more interesting, they're like, oh, it's just an adventure, and uh, I don't know, Indy has a kid, and uh, that's it. Ooh, yeah, I did love all the alien stuff in Crystal Skull. <laughs> I know you already listened to that episode, but I just want to level it out. <laughs> you like the aliens. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that's about all I have to say about the mystery of the blues. Jeffrey Wright would go on to starring Basquiat um two years after this so this is really before like anything big for him hmm. um so you know it's just it's always fun for me to see uh not that he's necessarily a character actor but people like Damon Whitaker and uh Nick Turturro and Jane Krakowski just nice to see faces that either you don't know but look familiar or people that you do know just mm-hmm. in things from 20 years ago it's always Totes. nice to do that so yeah but yeah, you got any final notes, Connery, before we move on to the web slinger? Oh man, I'm I'm so excited for Spider-Man, dude. But <laughs> uh I guess my last thoughts is I, I just like to close the case on uh The Mystery this, of the Blues. On the mystery. I'd like to close the case. I'd I'd like to close the case and never interact with it ever again. It's going to be a cold case file I won't come back to. <laughs> it's and... not even case closed. You just like you killed everybody involved in it and then yeah. you just <laughs> burnt the book. Case meh. And <laughs> I, I just, I, I don't know. Indiana Jones' Mystery of the Blues is bleh. I'm ready for a new franchise. I'm so excited for Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, and we are by no means comparing this to the other movies. We just thought it'd be interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to do. Um, but yeah, what... T- hmm. Should I ask you what your favorite Spider-Man movie is? I don't think it'd be appropriate right now because I haven't seen any of the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies in probably like five or six years. Wow. Yeah, I watch them about once a year or every two years. Mm-hmm. 
So physical. I'm I'm very excited. I've seen probably Spider Man one the most recently just because I think it was on like TNT or whatever on TV. <laughs> yeah. But Good that's the one I'm most familiar familiar with. Spider Man two, I feel like I haven't seen maybe in maybe in ten years, and Spider Man three more, probably the same. Like it's your I know Spider Man two is your and Jacob's favorite, but spoilers. Well, I I feel like you mentioned that already several times yeah, at some point. Did. But <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm very excited to see that. I feel like this is like the most memeable movie we're going to cover. Yeah, that got out of hand. Um, it did. Yeah. All right, well, let's wrap it up. You got anything to plug? Um, if you enjoy the sound of my voice and you also like tabletop role-playing games, you can join me and four other friends for the game of games, Starship Impala. We play Starfinder, and we have a grand old time doing it. If you want to see me retweet comic creators on uh, Twitter, you can follow me at Connery Hansen or Con Earth. Both are spelled with a K. Yay! And for me, I finally set up all the social media for the for the show. Oh yeah, hell yeah! I know the, I know this episode's coming out a month from now, probably <laughs> <We're> <laughs> in sometime mid May or something like that. But follow us on Twitter at Franchise Pod, um, on Instagram at Franchise Pod. <laughs> One of them has a T in front of it for some reason. No, I fixed it. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, just follow us everywhere on Franchise Pod, and please, 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 if you like our show, uh, give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Preferably five stars. Too. Yeah, please give us five stars and leave a little review, and that way we can get reach out to more people out in the world. To yeah, check maybe out maybe we can set up like a poll eventually too, and like you guys can maybe influence how or what franchises we do next, so yeah. we're not just operating on our own whims. I'd love to do that at some point. So. We'll see down the line. <laughs> Help us get more listeners. Please. Thank you for the two people that listen to <laughs> Mystery of the Blues. Hee hee hoo. Uh, all right. Thank well, you, we'll Lily. You guys. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see you guys next time with Toby McGuire, James Franco, Willem Dafoe, <laughs> uh, the guy who plays Uncle Ben. <laughs> we'll see and, you then. uh, Kissed by a rose in the rain. <laughs> That's the blues, baby.
window? I'm soaking wet! The breeze is gonna give me pneumonia! Ellie, like, this is jazz. There are no rules, it just flows. Okay, Mr. Virtuoso, hop on up. You know April showers. Difference between jazz and the blues is a state of mind. The boss! The boss! Everybody come quick! The, the boss! He's been shot! Hi! I'm supposed to be making a delivery for Cristo Lemonade, but I dropped my hammer and cheese and mustard all over the order. The pipe, please, gentlemen. Then you can go back to the little weenie room. No!